Hi, this is Ramon Brunson, and I'm the rec director here at Ionia Correctional Facility. Please enjoy today's episode. Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your two-time PACE award-winning hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by Chris Gouts, the department spokesperson. Chris, how are you today, man? I'm doing well. Good. So that was a great opening, wasn't it? That was Ramon Brunson from the Ionia Correctional Facility. Some and CFA shout-outs. Yeah, some good. CFA shout-outs, uh, recreational director at, at Ionia. So thanks, Ramon, for the opening. We appreciate it. And, uh, you know, for anybody else who wants to open the podcast, please, we, we are we begging them at this point? Or uh, we're, just just we're asking them nicely? Politely encouraging. Okay. To, uh, yeah, send us in an opening, wherever you're at. If you're on vacation, if you're doing your job, if you're coaching your team, if you're doing anything exciting, uh, you know, send it in, and we'll, we'll put that on the podcast and open us up. So, Chris, you got a shout-out today? I do have a shout-out. Um, when I was at DDC a couple weeks back, I was talking with uh, Deputy Tejas, and, and the whole time we were there, he was singing the praises of... A certain employee. A certain employee. That would be uh, Department Analyst uh, Abraham Peraza, who uh, I've gotten to know uh, over the years. Uh, he, he did the AA bit for a little bit and uh, did a really great job. But he's, he's done a, just a ton of uh, different things uh, at DDC. And so, but the whole time he kept talking about him, and I, I pulled him aside afterwards, and I said, you know, Terry, you should do a shout-out. You should send me something, and we can read it on air. And so uh, Deputy Tejas did that and more, <laughs> and then a little bit more, and basically wrote a whole book uh, on... on uh, yeah, I'm kind of curious how you're going to do this, because I saw that, and it was, it was about a five-page email. So he, he, must, he must do some really good work over there to, to get this kind of shout-out. He does. So I'm going to just kind of read the highlights of some of the things that uh, Abraham has, has done uh, just a truly great uh, employee, a really great guy. For those who, who knows, for those who know him, uh, know that I'm uh, I'm telling the truth. He's just a really great person to know, great family man. But the reason why he was selected uh, for for this shout out is he's done a, a number of things, in, really in the area of technology, and that's what uh, Deputy Tejas uh, really wanted uh, to highlight. You know, since he's been at the DDC, uh, Abraham has received two Employee of the Month awards and also been nominated for Officer of the Year. So it's not just uh, you know a couple of us that, that have that have seen this, but what he really did with uh, technology. And so, Abraham, uh, according to Deputy Tejas, has been instrumental in revamping and streamlining detainee property. What once took four staff two hours to complete can now be done with two staff and in 30 minutes. So, and that's because Abraham used his knowledge of the DDC jail management system, along with his contacts at MSP who oversee uh, that system, and they had them develop a program. And so now that limits the, stat, the, the time that a staff person has to gather and document uh, all the, the information <coughs> regarding uh, the passing of a detainee property upon release. So very cool. You know, this is what we ask, we want our employees to do. They, they see a problem, and they don't just say, oh, that's just the way it is. That's the way it's always going to be. He went out and found a solution to it that, that really worked well. Another thing he did that was really, uh, really impressive is that he worked with the members of the ID networks to create a photo wristband that could be read with a laser wand. So now, for all those who are at DDC, each wristband uh, is, is color-coded for felony or misdemeanor charges and then coded for instant identification uh, given the fingerprints that are taken at intake. 
So he's done uh, just some really cool things. There's also a biometric device uh, that calls for a detainee suspected of trading an armband to place his or her hand on a screen for instant identification. Um, so there's, just, there's so many really cool things that he's done, and I, I'm sorry, we can't get into all of them, but uh, he's done a ton with uh, video arraignments, processing and booking, uh, and also some more, other, some more work with uh, DPD and the dashboard that they use in conjunction with MSP. So this is the kind of employee that you really want to have, and I think every facility would love to have uh, somebody like uh, Department Analyst uh, Peraza on their team. And I can tell you, just from just personally, just having somebody of, of such a good stature and, and, and good faith and good, good family man around, but also he's really good at his job. Yeah, that's cool. And, uh, you know, we appreciate Deputy Tejas for sending that in because... That's what it's all about, right? That's what these shout-outs are about. It's about recognizing the great people that work either for you, with you, around you. Um, let people know about this stuff. This is, this is good stuff. And people need to know about, um, you know, the great people that the department have work, has working for them. So awesome stuff. Thanks, Deputy Taz. We appreciate that. And uh, keep the shout-outs rolling in. So, Chris, what's going on around the department? I know, that, I know the director had a busy week. Yeah, so last week... Uh, Director Washington testified in front of the House Appropriations Subcommittee on Corrections. She did a great job. We had really good questions. It was a really good way to kick off the budget season. Obviously, the budget kicks off when Governor Snyder delivers the budget and provides some input, and Director Washington was there for part of that uh, with the media to answer some questions, especially as it pertained to food service. She did a great job answering those questions, explaining why we're doing this and the, the importance of this, and as well as some of the other pieces of the budget. But then she got into, get, was able to not only answer some questions from lawmakers uh, in front of the, the Appropriations Committee, and again, this is the group that controls our budget on, on the House side, and we still have to do a version uh, in the Senate, and that date was supposed to happen actually that day, but it got canceled because uh, the Senate ran long, and so we're still waiting to hear that. By the time people hear this, we may have already uh, know that date, and it might even actually be the day after this podcast airs, and so... If that's the case, next week we'll come back and we'll tell you how, how she did in front of the Senate. But when we he, when she was in front of the House, she was able to lay out her vision for offender success, talk about when she was there last year, some what some of the numbers were, when she reported on, on the population figures. You know, she said, when I was here last year in, in front of you, the population was this, and now it's about 1,700 less than that. As I sit here today, it's about, I think it was about 1,400 or 1,500 prisoners less than the last year. So she's showing that continued decline in the prisoner population. And then she went over a number of the ways in which we feel the things that are responsible for that, uh, all about offender success, things that we're doing out in the field, things that we're doing inside with reentry, all the different programming that we're doing, uh, focus on so many different aspects uh, of offender success and was able to really get into it and explain it. And she did did a great job going through all of those things. And we got some good questions on some of the programs that are in the budget, the ones that we like, some of the ones that we'd like to see cut. And we'll get into those uh, throughout the budget season. Maybe we'll have Kyle back on as we kind of get closer to wrapping up the budget. And we'll get into some of our some of the rationale for why we like certain programs and, and, and others that we don't, that the legislature uh, has put in there from time to time. And, and obviously we support the governor's recommendation. And the governor recommended removing some programs, removing some boilerplate reports, things like that. But overall, we think it's a great uh, budget for us. We don't have very many big asks in terms of funding. Really, our our biggest asks are one, food service, and then two, the, the new employee school. And that's really key. And that's really important for, for everyone uh, if you get asked about this and people ask you, you know, 
why do you guys need more officers if you're going to close if you're closing a prison you might be you're you're continuing to, to lose uh, prisoner populations so maybe there's another prison closure somewhere out there in the distant future in you know, a year or a year from now uh, why do we why do we need more officers and it's very simple and anyone who's looked at the numbers should be able to see this very plainly very clearly right now we have more than 700 officer vacancies around the state out of a population of about 6500 officer positions uh, that, that we should have and so we still need quite a few officers on top of that we're losing more than 50 officers every month to due to retirements promotions and others uh, who, who decide to to leave for for various reasons and so when we had that big hiring boom back in the 80s we're now seeing a big retirement boom and so with 700 vacancies already just to start with and then we're losing 50 a month uh, the governor has recommended some one-time funding to to give us an influx of about another 350 officers on top of our baseline request that would also uh, provide some additional officers as well so if people ask you or you or you wonder yourself why it is that we're closing prisons and we have fewer prisoners and why do we need to keep hiring more officers it's very clear we're already in the hole we already have a huge vacancy right now and then we're, we're losing so many every month due to retirements and so when people you know people always will ask us you know why is your overtime cost so high you know you you spend 60 70 million dollars a year on overtime well it's because we don't have the officers and we have mandates and we have people working overtime and so a lot of that there's there's a reason for all those things and so the director was able to go through all that. We'll go through that again with the Senate, where we think we'll have some of those questions come up. But for all of our listeners who are, who are wondering about that, or if they get asked themselves, uh, those are those are the reasons why we we need this funding and why we very much support and appreciate the governor including it in his recommendation. Well, that's good stuff, Chris. You know, a lot of the stuff we're doing um, is working clearly. I mean, we're we're at a all-time low um, recidivism rate, right? Twenty-eight point one percent. We're under. We're under. Uh, 40,000 prisoners for the first time in a very, very, very long time. Since 1993. Um, and, I, and I know that, you know, to get there, we, you have to do a lot of things differently, right? And, and I know that's a lot of um, stress and anxiety on staff because we're changing quite a bit and we're always changing, um, you know, to get better. And, and I know, you know, sometimes it's tough to roll with some of that stuff, but, um, you know, if, if we're not changing, then we're not getting better, Chris. So, um, I, you know, I, I, I appreciate staff, you know, kind of, um, going along with this stuff because there, there has been a lot of changes over the years and and but it's, it's clearly making a difference with the numbers that we're seeing and um, you know for the director to go to be able to go to you know across the street to the house and to the senate and and talk about all the great stuff that's going on in the department of corrections so um you know we appreciate the staff that we have and, and, the, and the job that they're doing but we also recognize that you know change is tough uh, but it has to happen to get better so um you know we want to thank everybody for that too because it, it clearly making a difference with the numbers that we're seeing so but chris um you know enough about uh, our great numbers Let's go snowshoeing with Sasquatch. We have a, uh, a friend of the pod on, and, and it's always exciting for us when we have a friend of the pod. We have on Joe Bouchard, who is a librarian up in Barriga Correctional Facility. There's a very, very cool event that happens up there, which I know we'll get into, Chris. But first, let's introduce Joe. So, Joe, welcome to Field Days. We appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you for having me back. I appreciate that. Sure. Yeah, so can you give us a quick bio, um, just a quick history of, of who you are and where you've been to the department? Well, I've been one place in the department, and that is the library at Berga Correctional Facility for 24 and a half years. But I've been on other things such as Epic and Vision and Values and met a lot of good people through training. It's uh, been a pretty nice career, but chiefly I'm here at Berga Max in the library. Now, have you always been in the library? 
Always, since day one. Since Interesting. 1993. Well, let's get, let's get into why you're on. And you, you guys uh, in the UP up there in Berga, in the Berga area, you guys have a really cool event. Um, can you talk about that? Yes, it's called Snowshoeing with Sasquatch. And it's put on by the Berga County Trails in Motion, which is a volunteer group in the western UP. And we carve out trails for tourists and for locals. And what started as uh, maybe a little playful comment turned into an event. And snowshoeing with Sasquatch was born as a way to burn off some stress and to get out and enjoy winter rather than cower from it. Okay, and I'm assuming that you are one of the uh, 15 volunteers of this group? Yes, yes. Uh, core volunteers are about 15, and some of which are retirees or current employees. Well, that's um, very interesting. So... Is, is this Sasquatch a real thing, or is it a fake Sasquatch? Are we talking about the real Sasquatch? How, what do we, how, do we, how does Sasquatch get involved in this? How did it uh, become involved? Yeah, how, how did Sasquatch, how, how did it become snowshoeing with Sasquatch? Well, um, I speak with my brother in Florida on the telephone a lot, and my wife overheard a conversation where I was in February talking about snowshoeing, and he went to his favorite topic, which is, finding Bigfoot. There are believers, there are skeptics, and there are those in between. And my wife listening in said, well, why don't you just go snowshoeing with Sasquatch? And I thought, why don't I? Why don't I make this an event and make something um, exciting and odd and memorable for Berger County? That's how it was born. Well, that's that's nice. So um, let's just set, set the picture right now. So you are in the UP. Um, obviously, we're down here in Lansing. How much snow do you have? What's it look like up there? Is it a winter wonderland, or what, what's going on up there in the UP right now? Well, we're in what's called the Banana Belt in the Lots Berga area, where we have less snow than 30 miles around us, but still it's uh, pretty well covered. I do realize that Metro Detroit and points uh, west did have a lot of snow last weekend, so it might look like that if it hasn't all melted off, but we have a nice snow cover, good for snowshoeing. Very good. So, uh, so Joe, uh, tell us about um, the, I guess the, the point or the purpose of this. You, you raise some money. You obviously raise some awareness. You get people out there, um, you know, good tourist-wise, you know, coming through the area. But, but you're also raising some money or raising some for, for a good cause, right? Right. Well, first of all, the figure eight loop of two miles of nice trail exists at the Lance Township Park, but the event is held on that, and it's held for about three reasons. Um, one is to celebrate the fun of Berga County and the rugged beauty on the snowshoe trails. Two is to let off a little midwinter steam, and this is good for correction staff, by the way, and there is stress out there all over, but we have a stressful job, so the physical activity is good, and so too is the, um, um, the funny nature of snowshoeing with Sasquatch. But the third reason comes with this phrase that we use at Berger County Trails in Motion, um, even in the depths of February, snow is still temporary, but hunger is persistent. So we set up a box to collect food and non-perishable goods and hygiene products to help out those neighbors in need in Berger County. Again, snow is temporary, but hunger is persistent. Very cool. Do you have any, uh, any numbers or do you have any idea of how much you, you've been able to put together in the, in the last uh, couple of years you've been doing this? Well, there'd be monetary donations here and there, um, five, ten dollar bills, but mostly it's food. And last year we count, um, I would say, two 50 gallon 
tubs like you can buy at any store that holds documents, that, these big Tupperware things. So about 100 gallons of food, if you want to quantify it that way. you got a visual there. Roughly that's uh, six grocery bags full. We did that the previous year, too. Very good. Well, so if people are interested and are looking for a kind of a fun, unique event, uh, give us the, the, the when and the where and, and um, how, how people can uh, take part. Okay, and to go back, uh, this is going, if I hadn't mentioned before, to um, Lance uh, St. Vincent de Paul's food pantry. <laughs> but as to the when and the where, uh, when is happening Saturday, February 23rd. Oh, I beg your pardon. The 24th, Saturday, February 24th at 4.30 p.m. People usually last about two hours there, so the event should go to about 6.30 p.m. And we're about three miles north of downtown Lance at the Lance Township Park. Um, there's not many road signs up there, so you see a big, big sign on the left that has a Sasquatch on it. And it says snowshoeing with Sasquatch, and it's under the Lance Township Park huge signs. You can't miss it. And if you do miss it, all you need to do is ask someone in the community, and they'll give you very specific directions. Well, the benefits of a small town. Yes. Yeah, Joe. So, is is this is this free to come into, or do you have to pay to get to to snow snowshoe with Sasquatch? Um, since we started five years ago and into the fifth year, is absolutely free. We do encourage, or well, we we do not disallow anyone donating to the St. Vincent de Paul, which we would uh, give the food to or the goods to. But it is free. It's um, the volunteers who work hard to do it, but it's a uh, a labor of love, so to speak. So, Joe, if, if Chris uh, is planning to come up here on the 24th, um, up to Barrigo, what does he need to bring? Does he need to have um, a, a snowmobile outfit or some snowshoes? What, tell, him, tell him what he needs to bring up there. Well, Chris, I'll be expecting you around 3.30 because i, I got to get ready by 4. But what you would need to bring, and anyone else listening to this, would be uh, boots or some good sturdy shoes, at the very least. Now, where we're holding the festivities in what is a parking area, we'll have a bonfire and hilltop sweet rolls. If you've ever been up to lunch, you know what the hilltop sweet rolls are about. I have, Joe, by the way, and they are amazing. They're amazing and they are huge. Yes. But, but to walk around there and to get a selfie with, uh, with Sasquatch, you need only have boots. Snowshoes are not mandatory, but if you do go on the trails, they're recommended. No, I um, you know, I've, I've been up there, obviously, you know, Kamar and I came up and, and visited you, and, and so this is now your second time on the podcast, because we came up and toured uh, last summer. Um, if you're going to go on the on the trails, do you actually go past uh, Bishop uh, Berga's uh, shrine, who was the, uh, the, called the Snowshoe Priest? No, that's a different plot of land, but um, the friendly people there could tell you where to find it on your way out of town, or if you're staying over. But no, you would not see that. No, that's okay, Joe. Oh. Chris just wanted to sound smart. It's okay. Yeah. Don't worry about but it. It's a very cool thing. <laughs> I would encourage everybody to go and see it. It's a very unique, uh, very unique shrine. I will tell you that there's this one strip on what we call Kathy's Path on the south part of the loop that has a beautiful view of Lake Superior. I'd say unsurpassed. Perhaps I'm biased, but it is beautiful by any standards. Well, that's good stuff, Joe. Is, is there anything else about this event, which is amazing, by the way, um, that you want to get out and tell everybody, uh, to, you know, just to inform somebody or somebody that's going to go this, uh, on the 24th? Is there anything else that they should know or you want to get out about this event? 
Yeah, a couple things. Um, I mentioned it's our fifth year, but this is uh, an unmistakably unique event. I can almost guarantee you're not going to do anything this odd and this fun in 2018. It's very, very strange. We had three Sasquatches last year. There's guaranteed one, but they don't RSVP so soon, so there might be three. We don't know, but there will be at least one. The, the second thing I wish to mention is that two lucky people who participate in this may put their name in a drawing, and they need not be present to win. What they would win are one pair of snowshoes each. One is donated by Berger County Trails in Motion, and the other is donated by Indian Country Sports in Lots. Well, Joe, um, you know, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on today and taking time away from your job to, you know, to come on field days and talk to people. Um, it sounds like a great event, and, uh, you know, hopefully people get up there and enjoy the outdoors in Barriga and uh, get a picture with Sasquatch. So, again, thanks, Joe. We appreciate everything you do, um, not only at work, but obviously in, in your community. So um, thanks for coming on field days today. We appreciate it. And thank you, and please remember this is a family-friendly event, and everyone's welcome, the skeptics. Uh, the believers and everyone in between. All right, Joe, thanks. Thanks, Joe. Thank you so much. All right, as always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Field Days Podcast.